shot me and stabbed me and hung me and scalped me and kicked me in the shin. Baby, it's wax that you love me, but it wanes when we're apart. It makes me cry like a baby, baby, and the only tissues I can use are your heart. But there's one thing I can cling to, shows me where you're coming from. There's just one thing makes me know you love me, and that's waxwork.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cast and Wax, the only podcast of Waxwork.com. My name is Jordan D. White, and I am the host of the podcast, which I again welcome you to. We have other hosts here. Let me introduce everybody to you. Right here next to me is Mr. Frank Allen. Frank, would you like to say hello to everybody? Yes, absolutely. Hey, everyone. Um, as you said, my name is Frank Allen. I am a radio host type person. I do debates. We I all do know all that you do lots of things, but you, he, he is a guy who does aspire to being a radio host. Well, I am in many ways a radio host. In some ways, but uh, Frank, so do you have any uh, interesting news? I'm assuming you don't. No, not as interesting as what we're going to talk about. Okay, good. Um, over here, of course, is Scape. Hello, Scape. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Hello. And it's, I'm very happy to be here. Good, good. Uh, Scape, I should mention, is my cat. Um, he is one of the hosts. He's small and gray, and he's very cute, and he likes to eat food. I don't know. Is there anything else interesting about him? Not really. Well, there is. I, I'm a good singer, too. Okay, good. But we don't need you to sing right now. The point is, what we've been trying to get to, trying to get through all this, is, of course, our third co-host. Besides me, Frank Allen, well, I'm the main host, so my, my, my third co-host, Frank Allen, Scape, White, and then the third one, of course, is Rory Sinjin. Um, Rory is not here. Because if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that Rory has been having some legal troubles. And, well, uh, Rory is in jail now. <laughs> Frank, I don't want to hear you doing that. All right, so let me tell what happened. Uh, basically, if you heard last week's episode, we were talking about him doing a plea bargain, and we recommended that he do a plea bargain. Because he did the thing, so it was his best shot. Yes, although as it turns out, it wasn't that great of a shot, because even with a plea bargain, uh, the best offer he could get was 30 days in prison. So Rory is in jail as we speak. They took him directly from the courthouse, you know, so... Basically, I guess we'll see him in a month. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Why do you get to laugh? I don't get to laugh. I wasn't, because I wasn't laughing at him. I was laughing at the insanity of the situation. It doesn't really seem that different. No, it, it is different because you, Frank is laughing because Frank thinks Rory deserves it. Whereas I was laughing because I I don't know. It was kind of an exasperation. I, look, it doesn't matter. Point is, yes, Rory is not here. He is in jail and... We feel bad for him. Pretty much. We do feel bad for him. Yeah, okay. I know. I, I do. I wouldn't want to be in jail. And, you know, he's also, he's kind of an effeminate guy, so they're probably are No, just... Frank, no. We're not, this is not going to be the theorize over Rory's jail plight. We're not going to sit here and be like, oh, Rory's getting sexually abused in the prison. That's not what this show is going to be about. We're not going to focus on that. That's unpleasant. And, you know, we're not, he's a friend of ours and we care about him. So we send him our love. And we send him our, you know, good feelings. Those probably won't do him much good in jail. Because he's so effeminate. No! Frank! Frank! <sighs> no. Um, so, Scape, you don't know what jail is, I'm sure. But remember when, a long time ago, we used to go away. That was to say, Devin and I would go away uh, to visit our families. And before we had too many friends in Binghamton, instead of having someone come to visit you and, 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 and see you and make sure you were fed, we had to take you to the, to the vet and you would board at the vet and you'd be in a cage. Oh! Oh, yeah, I remember that. Dad. That was like the worst 
thing that I couldn't remember. Yeah, well, I mean, that's basically what jail is like. So that's basically what Rory's going through right now. <gasps> Gee whiz! That's like really bad. <sighs> Poor guy. I know. That's what I'm saying. Because they, they, they try to they try to crypt your cries when you're in, in jail, and you have to fight. You have to scream at them and thrash at them and like smash your body against the cage. Well, I don't. I mean, they probably don't try to c- cut his claws because he doesn't have claws. I mean, they could cut his fingernails. But we don't really use our fingernails to hurt people. Point is, they try to do stuff. They try to take you to the vet to get an examination on you. And what you have to do is scream as loud as you can and maybe smash your head against the bars. No, skate. No, you did that and you ended up with a wound on your head. That's not advisable, though. That's a bad idea. You know, you got you got cut because you did that. I mean, that's foolish. Well, they didn't get to do bad stuff to me. It wasn't going to be bad stuff. It was going to be good stuff. They were going to make sure you were healthy. I'm healthy. I get examined by Dr. Sass. Oh, fine. Yes, Dr. Sass checks you out. But the point is, we brought you there because we were going out of town and somebody needed to take care of you. Well, they shouldn't. They didn't do a good job because I was screaming and I had to smash my head on the bars. I got cut. So it's not a good thing. That's why we never brought you back there after that time. But I'm just saying, that's what jail is like. If you were a person and you broke the law, they would put you there as a punishment. Dad, you put me there as a punishment? No, no, no. We put you there because we were going on vacation and we we needed somebody to look after you, like I said. You put me in a place where they punish people because you just had to go away? No, no. I mean, we. it's not actually jail. It's it's not. I'm just saying it's like jail. Jordan, I don't think you're going to win this one. You don't. Doesn't seem like you're doing a very good job. Oh, you're, no, you're right. But, Scape, look, we love you. We're not going to put you in boarding in a kennel ever again. So, you know, I'm sorry. But I'm just saying that's kind of like where Rory is right now. Where Rory is. Rory is very unfortunate because I would never want to go back there ever. I can see why he was such a wuss last week. If he was going to go there. No, but, yeah, but don't call him a wuss. He was very brave. He he he, he faced what he needed to face. Look, oh, it doesn't matter. He's in... Rory, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm, I'm assuming that you can still listen to the podcast in jail. I don't know how jail works. But if you are still listening, I hope that everything is all right. I hope you're doing well. And we look forward to having you back. No, I mean, that's true, Rory. It's it's not going to be the same without you here because hopefully there will be lo- much less nonsense. No, Frank. Oh, God. Frank, he's in prison. No, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, and Frank, I should point out, you did a really lousy job last week. I I told you to be super nice to him. That was the only reason I was going to give you your interview back is if you were nice to him. I was nice to him. You you were. I said lots of nice things. Yeah, but you slipped up a couple times. A couple of times. It was very rarely. Look, I was nice to him. I did not say one bad thing about how stupid his this day in history was. I think in general I was on my very best behavior and I earned back my show. Fine, fine. But it doesn't You yelled at him, but moving on. Let's let's get to the show. Um, here is the first show of the, of the episode. We've got Epic Echoes up next. At the beginning of the last episode of Epic Echoes, they were having a press conference, and the first thing we heard at the press conference was, and that's how we defeated Cthulhu. So, I'm sure you're all wondering, well, wait, what, how did they defeat Cthulhu? What Cthulhu, how did Cthulhu have to do with it? What, what, maybe shall have a bit more, things like that. Well, you're about to find out. Here we go. Strange Eons on Epic Echoes.
echoes the Backwards series, Season 2, Episode 4, Strange Eons, by Daniel Schwartz. The flash pack stood, stunned, as Senator Marsh's army of Deep Ones filled the room, tridents at the ready. I'd hoped to seize control of this nation peacefully, but I hadn't counted on our young Mr. Kovac's unnatural appeal. But no matter. If I cannot win America by love, I shall have to win them by fear. You monster. Oh, stop. You're making me blush. By the knock-kneed gnomes of Neptune, we're surrounded! Really? I hadn't noticed. Shut up, Furball. This is serious. Yeah, this looks really bad. What are we going to do? We can't take these fiendish fish folk alone. We'll need help. Then it looks like I got here just in time. Holy crap! It's Captain Eternity. Indeed. Resplendent in his futuristic armor, the man whose exploits had inspired Max to start the flashback burst out of a time vortex with the Legion of the Infinity Squad behind him. Their superior tactics and infinite resolve quickly routed the Deep One contingent. Thanks, boys. Now, take five. Smoke them if you got them. Cap, what are you doing here? Saving your bacon, Max. Trust me, even the mightiest science heroes need help against the raucous regiments of Raleigh. I was passing this reality at an oblique, and my dangerometer went off like a Christmas tree from Venus. But if what I hear is true, then you've got an even bigger problem on your hands. No kidding. If what Marsh said is true, we've only got a few weeks before Cthulhu emerges from his slumber. That sounds serious! And it looks like Marsh escaped during the firefight, so we can't make him tell us how to stop the monstrosity! Why do we need Marsh? Well, he's the expert on horrors from beyond the stars. But we've got our own expert on the supernatural, don't we? You don't mean... Drowris? You mean you want me to help? Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? This kind of thing is right up your alley! But... But I thought you didn't. Look, I'm not going to go to the movies with you. (laughs) But if there's a big scary monster out there, you're the one I want helping me stop it. But it'll take more than just magic to defeat this monster. Max is right. We'll need science. And strength. And insight. And courage. And maybe just a bit of dumb luck. And when we put it all together, there's not a force in the world that can stop us. The Infinity Squad and I will help you however we can! And I'm sure a young president-elect can call in a few favors from other science heroes. This won't be easy, guys, but we're not going to quit until the world is safe. Flashpack! Flashpack! The next few weeks passed by in a blur. Plans were made. Oh, what, Ray? You heard me perfectly. That's ridiculous. Assuming optimal circumstances, there's a 63% chance of success. And if conditions are suboptimal? Then we won't live long enough to employ the device anyway. I keep forgetting that your plans work out that way. Alliances were forged. Fertress, Jill, meet the glass man. It's an honor, sir. The pleasure's all mine, Miss Slaughter. Now what's this I hear about a moon? And Max had a chance to sit down with his childhood idol. Listen, Cap. What can I do for you, Max? Well, it's just that we didn't get to talk much the last two times we teamed up. Oh, Max, don't tell me you're nervous around me. Well, yeah, shouldn't I be? It's just, well, uh, truth to tell, I've always been kind of nervous around you. What? I grew up reading about Max Thornfield and the Flashpack. Hell, my grandpa had a signed copy of the issue when you defeat Stragon the Annihilator that his grandpa gave him. And his grandpa, well, uh, that's another story. Your stories are part of what inspired me. But... 
but your exploits for what? It's a causal plasticity issue. Real deep mad science. The point is, you're part of my history. The way you inspire people, the way you see the greatness inside them and nurture it, that's what led me to start the Infinity Squad. And when I lost my hand to the crawling chaos, your example was what led me to replace it with a nanotech prosthetic and carry on the fight. I know you'll get through this, Max. When the scat collides with the turbine, you'll come out on top. And finally, as the Day of Awakening drew near, an announcement went out across the world. We know that the evil and his agents are out there, and we tell them that America is stronger than them, that America is more powerful than them, that America stands as one against the tide of madness, and that the flashback, America's strongest and most loyal guardians, will meet them on the field of battle. Great old one or not, we'll settle this like men, in the inky blackness of space. Meet us on the far side of Pluto tomorrow, and you'll see the power of America. Unless, of course, you're simply too much of a fraidy was to face us. Because if you are, you can just stay home and eat ice cream or whatever like the sissified sissy pants that you- Max, chill, we get the idea. Right. Sorry. This fierce challenge found the Flashpack and their allies in the shadow of the farthest planet the next day. Our chances grow smaller the longer after 1300 we are forced to wait. Oh yes, because this plan was flawlessly designed and utterly devoid of problems from the start. Have a little faith, Miss Slaughter. I reckon this will sort itself out one way or the other. Not exactly reassuring, guy. Cut the chatter, guys. Even with the encryption, they may have ways of hearing us. Not to worry, Molly. They couldn't hear us if they were sitting next to us. Then I guess I'm just paranoid. I can't blame you, Molly. I'd feel better if I had something to hit. Rest easy, Dralis. You'll get your wish soon and- Roughly then is when Cthulhu entered the picture. H.P. Lovecraft uses terms like Eldritch, Cyclopean, and Non-Euclidean to describe him. But this is a family serial, so we'll just say he's a big honkin' monster. If not for the Flashpack's madness-proof goggles, they'd have surely been vaporized by his infinite crazy. Are they the pathetic jewel moms who believe themselves capable of withstanding my awesome presence? Were I not far beyond humor, I would laugh! The time has come for mankind to feel the wrath of the great elder bid, Cthulhu! You think he always talks this much? He's been asleep for eons, maybe he's been saving it all up. It's about time we gave him what for, eh, Max? You said it, Cap. Glassman, you ready? I won't get much readier, Max. Then release it. Dralis, get up in his face. He's the size of Manhattan. That won't be too hard. Dralis maneuvered her rocket pack toward the monstrosity's face, and with a strength greater than human, began pounding him into submission. What are you doing? Your mortal fists are mere annoyances to my ever visage. Cease your ridiculous attempts and would doesn't look so ridiculous to me. Sheesh, I hope Drellis never gets that mad at me. Just don't eat her leftovers and you should be fine. Well, he's distracted for now. How long until my impact? Five, four, three, two, one. Yes, Charon. Pluto's tiny and unassuming moon had been rendered invisible by the combined efforts of Fertress and the Glassman. While Cthulhu was distracted, it had plowed unseen into the back of the monstrosity's head. Oh! He's distracted! Molly! Cap! Let's go! You got it, Max! Activating the Shrinkamajig! The shrinking ray Molly and Captain Eternity had built fired a beam of bright science-colored light into the monster, reducing him to a pitiful two feet tall. Invisity! You will not humiliate the great Cthulhu any further! I shall! Thought he'd never shut up. Have fun in the sun, squid face. <clears throat> Mark of the Sentinel! 
Did we just kill Cthulhu? Nothing ever really dies, Max. Especially not Elder Gods. But I think it'll be a while before he poses a threat to anyone again. A short ride to Earth later. Good to see you again, Senator Marsh. Hiding out with the Mysterians? That's lame even for you. Curse you, Flashback. You haven't heard the last of me. I find it far more likely that we have, in fact, heard the last of you. Take him away, boys. Great work with the shrink jig Molly. I'm proud of you. Aw, shucks, it was nothing. Did you like how I threw him into the sun, Max? Oh, yeah, right. Thanks, Trellis. Thanks? I beat up an elder god, Max! Well, all I'm saying is that if Molly hadn't- Whatever, Max! There are people who actually appreciate me! I'll go find them. Whoa. Harsh. Lord looking down, that was kind of cruel, Max. I didn't mean to- Of course not. You never do. Molly, wait! Let her go, Max. She'll cool down. You can talk to her then. What about Dralis? Hey, you want to confront the girl who punched up Cthulhu, you go ahead. Don't worry, Max. Things will sort themselves out. Thanks, Cap. Anytime. I need to go now, but don't forget what I said, okay? I won't, Cap. Good. Now, forward into the future! Meanwhile, in her room, Dralis spoke into a mystic gem she'd found months before. I guess you were right after all. Count me in. The Flashpack's most powerful enemy has been vanquished, but not without some discontent in their ranks. What new dangers are next, and will the pack make it through together? The adventure continues in the next episode of Epic Echoes. Press time. In that episode of Epic Echoes, Guinevere Eckert was the narrator, Nicholas Roach was Max Thornfield, Angela Tymon was Dralis, Devin White was Molly, Lynn Nelson was Slaughter, Tongwen Wong was Keen, Daniel Schwartz was Jimmy Kovacs, Scape White was Fertress, Sam Thomason was Randall Marsh, Ryan LaRanger was Captain Eternity, Justin Har was Glassman, Elijah Weberhan was Cthulhu, and Elijah Weberhan, Justin Har, and Lynn Nelson combined as Big Honkin' Cthulhu. The theme song was by Michael Temporary Card, Mikowski. Thank you, Frank, and uh, that was a fun episode of Epic Echoes. Up next is the Rory Sinjin part of the show, the This Day in History part of the show. And as I said, uh, we needed to replace him on Where Are They Now in History? Of course, my first instinct was to ask Frank to do it because, you know, he's he's a professional guy. But I said no, of course, because I don't do nonsense tomfoolery shows. <sighs> okay, yeah, well, yeah, the point, yes, Frank said no uh, because he doesn't believe in extra history, of course. So, without many other options to turn to, I, of course, asked... Uh, to do it. And I more than happily accepted. Thank you very much. I am a very good expert at pretty much most things, I think. Most things I know of, anyway. And so I was like, I'll do it. No problem. Dad, you just can chill out and I will take care of it. Yeah, that's what you said. Uh, well, here it is. And hopefully it'll be awesome. Hopefully it'll be good. Uh, obviously, Rory, it won't be as good as when you do it. But hopefully everybody will find it still informative and still, you know, uh, 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 useful in their lives. Here we are, This Day in History. Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On September 1st, 1939, German forces bombard Poland on land and from the air as Adolf Hitler seeks to regain lost territory and ultimately rule Poland. World War II had begun. Let's listen. So I, Vaclav Horschek, declare that from this day forth, I want to be referred to as she and with the possessive pronoun her. And you, my friends who gathered here, I hope that you will support me in, in this decision and... <laughs> Boom! Boom! 
Ah, what's that? Boom, boom. Hmm. Sounds like Nazis. Nazis? Yes, you are correct. This is the Nazis. Hey, whoa, whoa. Listen, Vaclav. Ah. Yeah? It sounds like we're going to have a really tough time with these Nazis and everything. You mean they don't, you don't think that they will support me in well, my new I'm thinking more identity? their desire to invade and execute us all, but more importantly, I want you to know that we're behind this whole you being a lady thing 100%. Thank you very much. Uh, that means a lot to me, and uh, um, Nazi, I, I uh, hope- That's a great friend you've got there. What uh, I wanted to say is this! Yes, Nazi? I hate you both! What? No! Yeah, that's a real jerk move right there, Nazis. Yes! But I have machine gun, so I can do what I want! That makes sense. Oh, well, what do you want us to do? To pull the trigger! Oh, alright, well, goodbye, good friend. Eh, nice knowing you. Bang, bang! Oh no, Americans! And we can all learn a lesson from Vaklava's friends, who were very supportive of her new gender identity. And we can also learn a lesson from the Nazis and, um, not kill people because that was rotten of them to do. This is This Day in History on WHIW Binghamton. But there's more stuff now! My name is Scapey, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Casting Wax. Um, well, that was like a story about Nazis. I don't really know too much about Nazis, except that you really shouldn't be a Nazi. Um, because everybody, everybody says they're bad, except sometimes Rory seems to think they're good. But then everybody goes, Rory, you're so dumb, you think Nazis are good, but they're not. So I think they're probably not good. So don't be like a Nazi first. First of all, um, also, I guess there was a guy, uh, and he was like, I want to be a girl, and, uh, I guess that's, like, okay? I mean, I don't know why you would do that, but the thing seemed to be, like, saying it's okay, so, uh, I guess it's okay. And then it said you shouldn't kill anybody, but, I don't know. I mean, if you get real hungry, you should, you should kill something to eat it, I think. My name is Scapey, uh, again, and this is Where Are They Now in History? <laughs> I'm Casting Rex. Okay, Scape, that... Scape, that's not how it goes. It's supposed to be that you hear a story in this day in history, and Where Are They Now in History updates the story, tells you more about it, things like that. Well, I don't know what happened after that. How should I be able to do that? Well, you just, I mean, basically, you just make it up. I mean, that's what... That's what Rory does, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what Rory does. Thank you very much. Well, I, well, well why didn't you tell me, Dad? What I did was I, I told about the lesson that you learned. Well, yeah, you got, no, you have to do the lesson too, but you're supposed to tell, con like I said, you're supposed to continue the story. It's supposed to be like, oh, you know, what was it about? Was it was the, the gender modification. You know, oh, well, what happened after that? Well, no, of course, that's a bad example because they all died. You know, that wouldn't stop Rory. You could just say, well, they, they got to heaven and they, you know, God said, well, I accept you. Uh, you know, I, that's stupid. There's no God in all that, but it's a, it's what I'm saying is you continue the story. But how would I know it was true? You don't know it's true. That's why Rory's so bogus, because he's making things up and he's passing it off as if he knows something when he doesn't really know anything. Well, no, Frank, don't say, because he's, he's our friend, but I mean, yeah, Scape, you're just supposed to make things up and, and say that's what happened. Instead, you just kind of said, don't be a Nazi. You I mean, you just said all the lessons again, over and over and over again. But and, and clearly you don't know why anything is anything. You say don't be a Nazi because everybody says don't be a Nazi, and you say the gender modification is fine and supported, I guess, because, he's, you know what I'm saying? You didn't understand. 
understand. Well, I don't understand. Why would a guy want to become a girl? Well, that's, a, I mean, that's a complicated question, and I don't think I want to explain it right now. But, but the point is, if somebody does make that decision, if a friend of yours says, I would like to become a girl instead of being a guy, you should be supportive, and they're not some sort of, you know, bad person or some sort of, you know, aberrant person. They, they're, they're, you should accept them and things like that. Okay. I mean, look, I don't understand either, so if you're not going to really explain it. Look, Scape, you, you're not going to get it even if he explains it because it's founded on human principles which you don't subscribe to. Like, you know, respect for one another and, you know, everyone being equal. Well, that's dumb. I'm, I'm, I'm better. So how can everybody be equal if I'm better? This is my point. Exactly. <sighs> Fine. Uh, Scape, th- thank you for that episode. I can't have you do it again. You don't understand anything. Frank, you've got to do it. No, no, Jordan, I, the, it's nonsense. The, the extra history is bull, clearly. Yes, but if you know that it's bull, can't you just do an episode? You're, I mean, we need somebody to fill in. If Scape can't do it, I need you to do it. <laughs> why? No, why are you making me do this? Frank, please, please. I'm, I'm, I'm beholden to you. I need your help. <sighs> Fine. I'll do it. But only until he gets back. And once he gets back, he can do the... No- I mean, can I just do a different show? Can I just... No, you can't do a different... I just... Just where are they now in history? Same as always. Same as always. You know how it's supposed to work. Just do it. Fine. Fine, I'll do it. Good. Good. Excellent. Um, speaking of... Oh, speaking of you, though, Frank, uh, we do have your section of the show now. It's an episode of Debatatorium tonight, correct? Oh, yes. Uh, Debatatorium. It's the last episode of the second round of the first season of Debatatorium. Wow, that's a lot of numbers for no reason. It's a debate about whether cats are better than dogs, and... Um, Obviously, cats are better than dogs. So... Well, no, but that's what we're going to be debating tonight. I mean, we'll find out. Well, but that's... I'm just saying, why would you even debate that? That's like saying, what's better? Something that's great or something that stinks? Well, okay, but which one is the one that's great and which one is the one that stinks? That's what we'll be debating. Cats are the one that's great. Dogs are the one that stinks. No, Scape, dogs don't stink. I mean, dogs don't stink. Dogs are good as well. Like, cats and dogs are both good. They're both really cute and... And good pets, you know? I, I don't think one is terrible. Well, one is terrible, and it's dogs, so... All right, well, let's, Frank, let's get to the debate, and we'll uh, we'll decide once and for all. Hello and welcome to Debatatorium 2006. My name is Frank Allen. This is an exciting debate. It's the last debate of the second... Yes, this will be the last debate. No, no, no. It's the second... There shall be no more debates. There's going to be... I will slay all opponents. There's a lot of debates left. This is the last debate of the second round. You're wrong. No, I'm not wrong. I know a lot of things. Anyway. The magic force wall will not save you tonight. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. You'll get your You'll get your say, Kraltar. This is uh, now... Kraltar the Mighty... Um, well, Kraltar are the mighty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mean it. I did. All right. This is also exciting because it's the first time uh, we have a wild card a debater, which means one of our debaters who unfortunately did not win previously is back for more. Uh, so we do have Kraltar who did win. You are putting me against an inferior foe. Well, we'll find out when you face him. Uh, you are Kraltar, of course. Kraltar uh, won his debate. And of course, uh, we have... I win all debates! Dr. Passis from Planet Science. One of your poor Earthenoids was unfortunately abducted by one of our spaceships and probed until death. Therefore, was unable to make it to this meager little show. But you're here for him, so to speak. Indeed. Thank you for pointing out the obvious. Well, uh, 
I'm really glad we got both of these debaters in. Now, I know uh, we've already talked ahead of time about this issue, and we already know that uh, Kraltar here believes that dogs are better than cats, and Dr. Parsis believes that cats are better than dogs. Uh, I guess I'll let Kraltar go first, as he won the last debate, so he can tell us why uh, dogs are better than cats. What makes you think you are fit to judge this competition, Frank Allen? I am confident that I could slay you with both arms and both legs tied behind my back and merely a tongue knife in my mouth. Oh, How do you rules. answer these charges? Probing you would be most interesting, as your volume is substantially greater than the average human. Um, so wait. There is many a concubine that has longed for the opportunity to probe me, but it is I who probe with my probing stick. Now, okay. I am Kralthar, the prober of the hill people. Now, regarding dogs, Kralthar, you had some dogs with you last time you were here, so you do like dogs, I correct? have slain dogs, no, no, I horses, mean, you had dogs who bears, were people, dogs who were friends of yours. I have slain monsters on and out of space that are 20 times as large. Well, I have not, but others of my people have, since I am too educated to do the grunt work. I have slain braggarts. No, wait, but you Outer had- space. You had dogs who were your friends, though, right? Friends are a sign of weakness! Okay. Whoa, you had dogs who were your minions, let's say. My slaves! Slaves! I have slaves! Slave dogs. Soon you will be my slave, Frank Allen. If I remember quickly, Inferior, one both of your dogs were named Words. It's pitiable that you can't even remember your own pets. <laughs> now, um, Dr. That, Parsis. That, that kind of hurt. Oh. Indeed, it was intended to. Dr. Parsis. But um, this will hurt more! You, well, you missed him. But we're glad we've got every... We're, we're, I was aiming at you! Well, you missed me. Um, Dr. Parsis, why don't you tell us why cats are better than dogs? Earthanoid things are all <laughs> stupid, but as cats are smaller than dogs, they generally take up less space in, the, in our spaceship so we can pack more of them in when we take them to Earth to use them in manufacturing items. You, you, I'm sorry, you manufacture cats or you manufacture things out of cats? We use them in a manufacturing product to make food. Oh. They act as lining in our factories. Oh. I discovered this last time I came to Earth. Oh. I have made a fortune out of it. Well, congratulations. And uh, I have come back to look for more products to harvest from your planet. Is this what this competition has been reduced to? You find a loud crazy man <laughs> to pit wits against me? Kraltar, the mighty, mightiest of the hill people? People greater than hills? I have no respect for one who doesn't have a spaceship. Now let's just do this thing by the rules. As much as I would love to debate how stupid you are, very stupid or very, very stupid, you need to tell me why you think dogs are better. Humor me, little man. You are weak because you are constricted by the rules and travel in a spaceship. I fly on the flaming harp of Oz! I'm sorry, what? The flaming harp of Oz! Like, from the book? From the great, powerful god, Oz! I... Not familiar with that god, I don't think. He who hides behind flames in the city of emeralds! Wait, you're talking about the Wizard of Oz. The god! That's not a real god. He who is so powerful, he is merely a large talking head! That's a guy behind a curtain. 
That's it not... is a large talking flame head. Well, question I'm... not my sacred beliefs. I'm sorry. I won't question them tonight. Maybe a different night. I, guess. I have an axe with your name on it, Frank. Here, I give it to you. Thank you very In much. In the stomach. Oh, that was close, but thankfully it missed as well. I have a very sensitive uh, field that protects Why me from violence. Why do you insist on attacking the impenetrable shield? Nothing will stop the might of Kraltor! Uh, interestingly enough, we do have an expert who I just want does want to comment on this. Uh, expert, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, hi, I'm the great and powerful Oz. You're the one who borrowed my harp, Kraltar? Oh. It was given! Sure. If by given you mean left on the coffee table. The woman in black gave it to me! Oh, that explains a great deal. I can see how you might have made that mistake. She said she was your sacred nymph! People say a lot of things about being my sacred nymph. Okay, so this is the actual great and powerful Oz? Yes. The one who I met before once in a debate? No, a different one, actually. Oh, a different one. Okay. Uh, I was a little confused. Now- He spelled it A-H-Z. I think he was some sort of Korean knockoff. Oz? Multiple Oz? All right, well, that's fine. Now you- so you're a guy behind a curtain, correct? Not at the moment. No, but I mean- there is no curtain, only a head with flames. Are you insane, yeah, maybe, Frank Allen? Perhaps you didn't notice the flames. I can see how you might not with the fortress thing going on. I will smite him, my lord. Not no. just yet. No, I saw the flames, but then I remember a dog pulling on a curtain and then a reveal. This neighborhood gossip is most tiresome. Yes. Really, I suppose that the comment I'd like to make, Kraltar, is that either you should say something about dogs or simply attempt to slay Dr. Parsis in a mighty cage match. Do you think you can do one or both of those things? Not only will I talk at great length about dogs, I will slay Dr. Parsis with a mighty cage match. I'm sorry, you're going to hit him with a cage? To death! Okay. I approve of this. The great and powerful Oz has spoken enough. Farewell, Quickly humans! Quickly, of hell! My war cage! No, wait, hold on. <laughs> so, no, okay, I those, listen now, to hold this... On. Ah. No, no, please, go ahead. I listen to this program. I've paid attention to the episodes so far, and I have to tell you, I am familiar with Kraltar the Mighty. Kraltar! And I must say that I'm aware of his propensity to take the easy way out and attempt to chop his problems away, so that's why I'm appearing on here from satellite. So you will, in fact, have to kill space. So let it be written. So let it be done. Okay, well- Oh, Kraltar! Now, but you have these dogs here with the cage. Now, tell us about why you got dogs instead of cats. I'm allergic. You're allergic to cats. That's a very- See now, okay, Dr. Parsis, how do you answer this? All right. I don't really care, but I will just give you- I'll pretend to be a dumb earthenoid and do a dumb earthenoid impression in my answer. I prefer cats because cats are very independent and dogs drool too much. Ah, I am stupid. Your insolence will no longer be tolerated, doctor. If that is your real name, load the war cage under the trebuchet, warhounds. <laughs> Now, uh, we have another expert, actually, I think, who wants to comment on this. Hello? Uh, am I on? Hello? Yes, yes, please. I, I'd like to say that this whole debate is pointless. But being a cat is not... <clears throat> it's not an actual thing. It's a state of mind. Being a cat is a state of mind? Yes. When you become so self-aware that you realize that you yourself are the center of the universe, you have become a cat. Now, hold on, hold on. You're not one of those people who likes to look at, you know... Pornography with animal people drawing drawings, are no, you? No, no, okay. no. Okay, that, that's just weird. Okay. That is fine art. So, so you're here to support Dr. Parsis or I can't quite tell. 
Well, well, cats are better than dogs because they are more highly evolved. There is a level of reincarnation here. Are you implying that eventually, in millions of years, dogs will evolve into cats? No. Okay. They will spiritually become cats. They will spiritually become cats. Yes. Okay. Uh, who are you, sir? I don't even... I, I'm... I'm the Great L.S. The Great L.S. Yes, uh, part of the L.S. Foundation, LCD, you might have found, you know, those little crystal pyramids that you find on people's houses? Oh. We manufacture those. Oh, that's very interesting. Yes, yes. Okay, well, so so you so you, you think cats are better than dogs. Oh. Kraltar, can you answer that allegation? Frank Allen. Yes. Gaze upon my mighty physique. Okay. Look at these muscles that have rendered giants in twain. Ow! That, but you're not a dog. I though. have crushed entire civilizations between just this one boot. Between and a boot? And you bring fools before me! How can you crush a civilization? Have you ever heard of a war cat? Between a boot? No! Glass dismissed! <laughs> what about tigers? If they are not fit for war, oh, only wait. eating or making of pancakes! But this is exactly the point. The cats have evolved to the point where they don't actually fight their wars. They have other people fight their wars for them. Actually, but what about He-Man and Skeletor both rode on war cats? And they were both gay! What is your point? I don't know that that's true. Did you not see that special on MTV? Look. I don't know that. All right. Well, if 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 have you ever have you ever knelt down, put a saddle on yourself, and had someone sit in it and ride you around? That would it's be a, horse play, not <laughs> cat play. Yes, but cats wish to engage in it sometimes too. It's very relaxing. Frank Allen. Yes. Per the agreement we made after the last show. Okay. I am about to kill this expert. Um, I'll allow it. I Just shall allow it. One, you get to kill one expert, and if this is the one, you, you don't get to kill the next one. I no am who killing any I see fit. Well, I say one. If this is the one you want. You may hide behind your cage. Go ahead and kill him. But me. I will take an impenetrable moat. Ah! If you strike me down now, I will only become more feline. Go ahead, kill him. No. Killing is too good for one such as him. I shall smote his eyes, tongue, and ears, and then send him into the market so the children may laugh and heckle him. Smite! No! No! All right. Um. Well, now that he's unfortunately done away with um. Uh huh. I believe. Doctor, did you want to say anything about that before we have? I think we have one more expert before you, we get to them. Did you want to say anything about that? What did he say that would be worth commenting about? He said something about one insignificant organism morphing into another one. We've had robots to replace evolution where we're from. Well, that's a good point. If I win, I'm shorthanded here. I was called here, and my debatatron is not here. That's true. Well, you didn't have it. Well, you did lose last time when you didn't have it with you, so. I am the master of debate. I have slain all other debaters. Surely your debatatron has fallen before me in epic battle. My debatatron is the mightiest robot. Robot ever was. What? You're not a robot. It was destroyed, Frank oh, Allen. Oh, Must I, thought, I draw you a picture I thought, in your own blood? Well, it, okay, I get it now. I get it. Bring now. me my blood drawing set. Well, in a minute. First, in we have warhounds. We have one more expert. <laughs> Hi there. Please comment to us about dogs and cats. Well, obviously, cats are the supreme being because okay. I don't know if you can tell by my physique, but I have uh, surgically enhanced my uh, entire appearance to more closely resemble a feline. Yeah, I can sort of see that. I, I've had these um, whiskers implanted and uh, th this lovely texture tattooed all over my body. That's a little creepy. But I agree! But that's the point. You want to creep do you, people out? Do you think that I would do something so psychotic to resemble a dog? Would you? No. But would someone else? Probably not. Dogs aren't hot. 
Wait, you want to have... You want to... No, no, no. Look at me. Okay. Aren't I hot as a cat? Well, if I cover up your face... Come on. Maybe. I'm the cat lady. Frank Allen, I have an observation that I have just observed. Please. Everyone on this show, with the exception of the magnificent Krautar the Mighty, is either a loud freak or a loon. What is the meaning of this? Well, you're fairly loud yourself. I am not a freak or a loon. I'm a cat, not a loon. I agree the quality of the experts has been most inane. I agree with our obnoxious barbarian colleague on one thing, and that is the disposability of today's guests. If we could harvest them all for parts, the universe would be a better place. Yes, I will harvest your parts and decorate my mantle with them so that all shall know I have slain the loud loon Parsis. Woo! Well, now, hold on. Before you, before you slam, let's do our final arguments. Krauthar, you, you get to do your final argument first. It has been suggested that I am not adhering to the rules of debates. I challenge any who say this to debate with me at great length under the three moons of the crescent star in one-on-one blood axe combat. You will not do it because you are pathetic and weak, and I will snap you like a um, tasty beef snack. Um, is the axe itself made of blood? It will be covered in your blood. Oh, okay. Who is that? That's Harvey Bloodaxe. See? <laughs> My blood! My axe! All right, um, and so that explains why dogs are better, I guess. Dogs are better because I, Krauter, the mightiest mortal, say they are better. Okay, the mightiest mortal says they're better. Uh, whereas Dr. Parsis, please. That yes. is not oh. all of my title. Oh, there's... I am the magnificent, great Scion of Oz, Lord of the Hill People, here with the bulging pectoral bicep muscles. Oh, bronze-skinned one, glorious one, he who eats triceps with okay. bacon. Okay, uh, doctor? The turn is more! No, no, hold on. Silence! <laughs> ah! 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 The triangle! I shall not shout you if need be! Ah! The triangle is one of your earthenoids' more aesthetically pleasing shapes. Yes. The Egyptians perfected your earthenoid triangles, and they enjoyed cats. One of your greatest earthenoid songs is the theme from Batman, and that show, which I've heard excerpts of on your station, featured a cat woman. True. I know of no pop culture references to dogs. Therefore, dogs are less significant. Well, there was a chick track about a dog, if you remember. May I say one thing? No! Lest we forget the example of Clifford, the big red dog. Is he not beloved by all? The highest form of captain is a lazy pasta-eating feline that I spit upon. My final comment. I recall that tract now. And the dog was a little creature that escaped from its family and was nearly put to death by Correct. a doctor. Absolutely. A metaphor for the human race. This, this may be true. Um, all right. Well, let me consider it richly. And, <laughs> doctor... Maybe you should bring your Debatatron next time, because I think Krautar has really proven- I am the mightiest! That now, launch the trebuchet! Sprung! <laughs> no, no, don't you kill the- You mere minutes to live before my war machine kills you! Lieutenant, shields up! Yes, Dr. Parsis. I have foreseen this possibility. Ignite the cage! Who? What do you mean you can't ignite the cage? Who's gonna ignite the cage? There's nobody in the cage. My warhounds! All right, well, thank you. Thank you uh, both, and thank you, Dr. Parsons, for coming back yet again to, to be defeated, unfortunately. Um, hopefully we'll see you again as... Yes. Wait! Wait until the cage impacts! It could still work! I doubt it will work, but... 
Please chop that smug Frank Allen up. No, 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 no. Yes! No, impenetrable. Ah! Impenetrable, thankfully. Clang, clang! I will come with the Sword of Ages and slay you yet, Frank Allen! Well, you will You will be, uh, be back for the next round of debate. Uh, Great Oz, give me a mighty sword! Okay, jeez. All right, all right. Thank you for, thank you for listening. Ruby sword! Thank you for listening to Betatorium 2006. It's an amazing, uh, amazing program. We've got, I believe, oh gosh, how many episodes left? Three episodes left the second the third and fourth round deciding who's the debatiator of the year it's going to be amazing thank you and good night that episode of debatatorium featured the voice talents of frank allen robert glass daniel schwartz jacob thompson angela timon elijah weberhan and jordan d white thank you very much frank and hopefully everybody enjoyed that episode of debatatorium i did not enjoy that episode of the Vatorium because that episode of the Vatorium was dumb and wrong and said cats uh, were not better than dogs, so <laughs> wrong. Yeah, well, it was a debate and we saw, we settled it. It was settled. No, no, Frank. If that is the true case, then maybe it was opposite to the Vatorium. Maybe the Vatorium is always wrong, perhaps, because that was wronger than anything else ever. Wrong. Cats ultimate, dogs stinkomit. Stinkomit's not a wordscape, and it's just, look, it's just a debate. Frank decides the winner, but, like, how can he be the ultimate arbiter of right and wrong, you know? I mean, don't worry about it. Well, no, I am. That's the whole point of the show, is to settle things once and for all. So, cats are not as good as dogs, period. Done. Yeah, but that's not, I mean, I like cats. I like cats more, still. Well, that's fine. You're wrong. We solved this problem, Jordan. We solved it. Frank, whatever. Okay. Speaking of things that you solved, uh, you, you solved the problem of who to have on your show tonight. I did. I did. Uh, I wasn't sure to who was going to have, but I listened to that episode of Debatatorium, and I thought, oh, who's this cat lady? What's that all about? Let's find out what she's up to. And, well, I, I looked into it, and the answer is a little surprising. Well, let's, let's hear what it has to say. All right. Frank Allen Interviews. Starring Frank Allen. Hello and welcome to Frank Allen Interviews. My name is Frank Allen and we do have a very special guest here tonight. Uh, in that debatatorium episode you heard just a few minutes ago on the podcast, you heard a cat lady. Now, that cat lady's name was uh, Tanya Henning and we have with with us here uh, her husband, Tom Henning. Uh, well, we would have liked to have Tanya on, but well, we'll get to why we can't talk to, to Tanya right now. Mr. Henning, it's nice to have you on the show. Thank you very much. My name is, as you said, Tom Henning and uh, yep, I'm married to Tanya Henning, the quote-unquote cat lady. I think there's a lot more to her than that, but yeah, that is uh, who I'm married to. Okay, well, there's a lot. Yeah, maybe there's, I mean, everybody has many sides to them, but when she introduced herself to us in that debatatorium episode, she introduced herself as the cat lady. We didn't even know what her name was, so I, I just want to identify her that way for our listeners' sake. Sure, I can understand that. Right. So, okay. Now, again, I want to say, I contacted you, Tom, first, because I was interested in having Tanya on the show. Right. But I was unable to do that. Um, she was unable to appear, and I I want to explore why that is. Uh, she, at the time when we met her, she had surgically altered her face a bit. She had, well, t tell us, actually, you tell you tell me. Explain to us at the time everything that she had had done at that time. Sure. Um, she she mentioned having her whiskers in, installed in her face. Uh, I mean, installed, uh, uh, surgically implanted. Their whiskers, uh, they were made out of actually plastic, not, uh, not actual whisker hair, because we couldn't, at the time, we couldn't grow follicles of whiskers. But um, she had that done. Her upper lip was... Uh, 
sort of split a little bit and uh, uh, tucked up so it looked a little bit more like a cat cleft lip thing. She had uh, fangs, sharpened teeth, I should say, at certain points in her mouth. She also had contact lenses that made her eyes look like cat's eyes. They weren't actually cat's eyes at the time, but they were contacts. And, of course, she had tattooed all over her body a sort of faux cat texture. Well, the, the appearance of a, the appearance of a texture. I mean, obviously, you can't tattoo a texture. Well, right, right. Uh, it, was a, it was the appearance of, of a fur texture. It was really just her normal skin at the time, again. But it looked somewhat like a cat. And she didn't have a tail. She didn't have paws or claws. No, she didn't have claws, but she did keep her fingernails very long at the time. Understandable, understandable. Now, I should mention, you, in describing that, you used the term at the time quite a few times. Well, right, because things have changed a lot since then. Yes, yes, and that's what I wanted to get to. Um, can you tell us what has happened since then? What kind of developments have, have has she gone through at this point? Right. Um, well, at this point, she has fully become a cat. Um, Tanya, you know, Tanya really loved cats. She loved everything about them. And, um, well, now she, now she basically, basically is one. Legally speaking, she still is a person, but for all intents and purposes, she's a, she's a cat. Okay. Now, but how, how did that, I mean, what do you mean by she's a cat? She doesn't, she pretends to be a cat. She... No, I mean, she, ba well, all right, let me, let me try to explain. One of the first things she did after, uh, the time when you met her, she was working on it at the time, I'm sure, but she did do it. She went through many more rounds of surgery after that. The first one she did was on her feet and hands, both of them pretty much simultaneously. I think she got them done over the course of a few days, but, but all four, uh, two, two hands, two feet, I should say. And, um, she had them kind of reworked so that her fingers were shorter. They had more of a, a, a bulbous pad-like surface to certain parts of them so that they, well, I mean, I'm sure you see where this is going. They ended up looking like cat feet. So she couldn't really pick anything up again after that. But she didn't really mind because she was she was interested in, in, in running like a cat. Her, her feet required a lot more work, in fact. They had to lengthen the foot so that her heel was, you know, much further from where her toes are. And her toes her toes basically became the part that we think of as a foot while the heel was, was further up. And that and that's how she basically got to have cat feet and legs. Yeah, so, okay, so, so there was actually, I'm sorry, there was a doctor who, who you went to and said, we want you to surgically rearrange her body, her, her, her hands and feet, in order that they be more like a cat. Well, yeah, I mean, it took a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Doctors, most of the doctors we went to said, no, there's no reason to do that. Uh, it's unethical. It wouldn't really be sensible for me to help you. But eventually, we just kept raising the amount of money. Every time we went to a different doctor, we'd offer more money and more money. And eventually, it got to such a, an amount that they just couldn't say no. I mean, how could they? Well, uh, there's probably ways they could have said no, but I guess they didn't. No, no problem. But that was just the first round of surgery? Well, yes. I mean, eventually, there's so much surgery that goes into it. Facial reconstruction was a, a large portion because her, her, she had to be given more of a snout-like face, more of a heart shape to the face rather than the human shape to the face. Her ears had to be moved to the top of her head, which is not as simple as it seems. I know it sounds like it would be a pretty easy thing, but it's not. Um, what else? My goodness. Her, her head had to be repositioned basically on her body so it was more naturally in a, you know, looking upwards position, if you know what I mean, repositioned on her neck. The hardest part was uh, probably getting her a tail that actually worked as a, as a cat tail. Well, that's a good point. How did they do that? Well, the way they did that was that they they cloned her and over the course of a year or so grew a clone body of her. And then once it was about the right size, they killed it and pulled out its spine 
and used that smaller spine to attach to her butt. And out of that spine and those extra muscles that they harvested from the clone body, they made a tail that worked. Really? Because, I mean, that doesn't seem... No, that's what they did. I, I mean, it sounds strange, I know, but that's what happened. I, I was there. It, I mean, it was a clone, so it doesn't really count. No, I mean, yeah, no, it doesn't really count. Um, okay, what, where did they get the claws from? The claws were difficult too, yeah, because she's not a cat, so she doesn't have that, that part, right? I mean, but she really loves cats. She's willing to do pretty much anything to become more like a cat, and so what they did was they had to kill some cats and harvest the, the claw parts out of those cats that they killed. They killed, they killed cats? I'm, I'm sorry, they killed cats for her sake? I think they killed them. I, I, I could be wrong, but I would assume they killed them. Otherwise, you'd have cats with no feet, and that seems worse than, than dying, probably. But they took those cat claw parts and they put them inside her, her fingers and, you know, eventually it, it worked out. And as technology got better, they were able to improve on things. Like I said, at the time they couldn't give her cat's eyes, but eventually they were able to find a way to make, replace her eyes with cat's eyes and actually take real fur they had harvested from real cats and plug them in. One hair at a time. It took quite some time to do, but they plugged them in one hair at a time all over her body. Now she's completely covered in fur. This was, of course, after most of the reconstructive surgery, so at that point she was already a four-legged, you know, creature to a large extent. But, uh, but okay, but all of this, I mean, she still, she still would have been able to talk, right? I mean, I still don't understand why we can't have her on the show. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, you might not realize this, but most cats can't talk. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know some who disagree, but mo for the most part, yeah, cats don't talk, right? Right, so when, in, in the re-sculpting of her jaw and her throat and her tongue, most of her speech ability was, was gone. She was still able to talk a bit but it wasn't that understandable, really. Yeah, like a speech impediment. That's what, I know a cat like that. No, not so much like a speech Like, I mean, it was she wasn't really able to get make the right kind of noise that we recognize as speech almost at all. But I, at this point, we had already written out the plan, and she had signed that this is what she wanted, and we had figured out a way that she could tap with her paw to indicate that she still wanted to go forward. And so finally, we, we did get to eventually the last stage of the, the process. Okay, uh, which, which was what? Well, again, I, I don't know how many cats you know. Well, I, I don't have a cat, but I, I know a cat. I mean, Right. I, well, most of them, for the most part, they're not that smart. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. The one I know doesn't even believe in Mexico. No, that's not really what I mean. I mean, most cats probably don't even know that there is such a thing as Mexico. They they probably don't even, they can't even conceptualize it. No, that's what I'm saying. This guy, this cat, he, no, he doesn't no, even... No, no, I'm sorry. What, okay, what I mean is they don't recognize countries. They don't know the concept of... They don't know any human things pretty much at all. They just kind of go around eating and sleeping and if they haven't been uh, spayed or neutered, having sex, things like that. That's about all they do for the most part. Okay, okay. I think I see what you're saying. Right, so her... Her being able to communicate with us and all things like that, this was not really in keeping with the spirit of becoming a cat. So the final stage, and we, we intentionally made this the final stage, um, the final stage was replacing her brain with a cat brain. Right. Okay. So basically, at the, I mean, the last thing, yeah, we, you know, her her skull had been reshaped at that time, but he was able to cut it open and kind of. I was watching from above, you know, in the theater of operations type thing. He cut it open and he he just took his actual hands, slipped his fingers right under there and popped it out. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why it popped out so easily, but then he was able to take the loose connections from down where the brain is supposed to connect. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Right, and he and he he hooked those right up to the 
the cat brain, and he popped the, the old cat brain right back in there, closed her up, and uh, there she was, completely transformed. She looks pretty much exactly like a cat at this point, uh, but like I said, she still has rights as a human. She still uh, gets mail. She still votes. She votes. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, she will. She it, it just got finished pretty recently, but I'm still planning to take her to the poll place. How will they identify her? Well, she's still got a driver's license. So she can still drive? Well, she can't physically drive, no, but she's got a card that says she, she'd be able to if she wanted to. Uh, she wouldn't want to. Well, okay, yeah. But, I mean, how are they going to recognize her from the driver's license photo? She, she doesn't look like that anymore. Well, that's true, but, I mean, that's the problem with the driver's license system, not with her. She got this license. It doesn't expire for another two years. I mean, are her fingerprints still the same? Does she even have fingerprints now? Well, I mean, not exactly the same, no, because, you know, they're pretty substantially reworked. So now that she's become a cat completely, well, I mean, what, what what's in it for you? Do you Are you crazy about cats as well? Why are you married to someone who has been transformed into a cat? Well, I would have thought that was obvious. No, why? I mean, what, why? You, I guess you really love cats. No, I don't really like cats that much at all. But in order to do this to yourself, you've got to have a lot of money, clearly. Oh. And now that she's a cat, I mean, she doesn't know anything. I control all that money. That money's now mine. Oh. So, pretty obvious, I would have thought. So you, you married her knowing she was... She was crazy, yeah. And she wanted to turn into a cat. Now she's done it. I've got the money. Technically, I'm married to her. But she can't file for divorce. She's a cat person now. Not even really person. I can cheat on her. I can have the money. I can invest it as I like. I can buy what I want. I can buy drugs. I can buy hookers. I mean, what's she going to say? Well, I, meow, I guess. Well, yeah, but uh, as long as I keep giving her, you know, moist food, things like that, shouldn't be a problem. Isn't that sort of unethical? I mean, don't you feel like, aren't you basically admitting to having defrauded her out of her fortune? Well, no, because she wanted to turn into a cat. She's always wanted to turn into a cat person. She got exactly what she wanted out of this marriage. I helped her become a cat person, and now I get all of her money all the time. It, we all are happy. She's happy being a cat. I'm happy being a rich guy. Well, I, you know, to some extent, I would say, is she even happy? Because if that's not her brain in there, I mean, isn't she kind of dead? You're taking a very limited view of this. I, I don't think you really understand how this works. She is in that cat. I mean, she wanted to become a cat completely, and now she re is completely a cat. I don't see that as a negative thing. I see that as a pretty sensible. She's happy. She's achieved her goal. Well, from, yeah, but from another point of view, she's become a dead brain in a garbage bag, and, and some cat has become a different cat. If you want to see it that way, but this, again, it was her idea. I just took the money afterwards. I guess that's fair. I, I don't know. Oh, it's fair. It's fair. Imagine having to put up with someone who wanted to become a cat all the time, so badly that she got surgery. Do you think it was pretty to look at that? Because it wasn't. It was kind of hideous. She had a, like a split lip, and her hands were reshaped into these gross, disgusting cat paw things. It, it wasn't pleasant. And I'll tell you, the sex was weird. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to know the details of that. I'm just saying. No, I'm saying that I earned it. Everything I have now: the solid gold car, the solid gold swimming pool with the solid gold water in it. It's all mine because I earned it. I slept with that cat lady. All right. If you say so, I mean, I mean, do you, do you still, she's still your wife. So do you still sleep with her? Oh no, I had her fixed. What? Well, she's a, she's a cat now. I, I had her fixed. I took her in for, they shaved her belly and, you know, took out the, uh, the ovaries. It, you know, it was a vet. They didn't know any better. But that's against the law, isn't it? No, again, I, you know, she's a cat, man. There's no way anybody can really say I did something wrong. 
they always say to spay and neuter your cat, so I did. She just also happens to be my wife. I don't see that as a problem. All right. Well, thank you for coming in and talking with me. Um, sorry about your wife, I guess, although I guess you're not sorry about her. No, I'm very happy for her, and more for me, but for her as well. All right. Well, it's been very informative talking to you, and um, I don't recommend anybody following your footsteps. I recommend it strongly. It works out really well. If you can find a crazy rich lady who wants to take her own brain out, you know, do it. Well, all right. I mean, I go. Well, Okay, I don't know. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, this has been Frank Allen with a Frank Allen interview. And, um, gosh, that was kind of weird. <laughs> yes, that really was kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, it definitely creepy. Although I don't know what was creepier, like the fact that she wanted to do that stuff or the fact that he was a jerk and stealing her money. I think the creepier part is that, her, that she wants to become a cat person. That's definitely creepier. The other thing is just greed. I mean, greed is sensible. I guess that's true. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm really confused because you're saying she's creepy because she was like, I want to become a cat. And first of all, cats are awesome. But second of all, earlier tonight, you were like, if somebody wants to become a girl, then that's fine. You should be supportive. So why shouldn't you guys be like, be supportive if somebody wants to be transformed into a cat person? Um... I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's different. It doesn't seem different if it's like a guy to a girl or a girl to a cat. Same thing. Well, no, because it's, no, no, it's not, it's not the same. It's, it's way weirder. It's, 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 it's not right to become a cat. You're a person. A person is a person. But a boy is a boy. No, Scape. I, I don't, look, that's just the way it is. I, we got to move on. Well, it's, you know, we got one more show to go and we, we were getting kind of late on time. That's not fair. I know, I know. But this is the last episode of, uh, of the second season of guard duty we got to find out what happens with all the vengeance squad and stuff like that and the mollusk the mollusk just attacked and ocean man was defending washington dc from the mollusk so you know we got to find out what happened fine no it, it is fine here we go uh last episode of guard duty season two the earth guard the planet's most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet earth and defending them from threats of all kinds. From the Guard Tower, their base of operations, they watch over the citizens and spring into action at any sign of danger. To that end, the Guard takes shifts monitoring events all over the globe. Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of guard duty. This week, Ocean Man and Broadband in Laugh It Off. As the mollusk continues his assault on Washington, D.C., the armed forces have responded to the attack, but so far appear to be no match for what seems to be superior Atlantean artillery. The Earth Guard has still not appeared, but former Guard member Ocean Man does appear to be doing his best to keep can the Can we at least turn it down building. a little? I'm uh, working on it. Keep your mask on. You will. Don't worry. Look, I don't like taking it off. I didn't uh, say a word. Got it. Getting the best of you happy now? You ask me, the mollusk has the right idea. How come we never lead a charge on Washington? I thought the Sysops did attack the Pentagon once. Didn't Broadband... All right, all right, shut up. He's got an army, like... Exactly. None of us is the ruler of a sovereign nation. 
Excuse me, my army of moon children. I'm sorry, let me rephrase. Thank you. I meant none of us is a ruler of a nation with a collective IQ in the double digits. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, Atlanteans appear to be able to use simple firing weapons. The moon children have very strong jaws. <laughs> yeah, that's a good substitute for the use of tools. <laughs> they don't need tools. They have me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else want to take this joke or should I? You're laughing at me. You're having fun at my expense. A queen. Oh, relax, Luna. Just let it go. I mean, Dragon Drop never takes it personally when I imply that his implants make him look like an overblown can opener. Just like Ass Mask never gets angry when I bring up the time the stallion beat him with a single horseshoe to the head. Okay, now that's pathetic. And... Acid Drop just laughs it off when I tell him about the time his mother and I... That's it! This whole thing is foolish! Count me out! What? Oh, come on! No! Forget it! I'm leaving this minute. I'm teleporting back to my moon kingdom and moving us back into Martian orbit immediately. What? No, we talked about this! You can't do that! And why not? The way I see it, if the moon wants to orbit Mars, that's the moon's business as a sovereign nation. Sovereignty has nothing to do with it. We wouldn't let France leave the planet either. It's a matter of the ecological damage it would do. And why should I care about the damage to your planet? We'd all die. Why should I care for your Earth and life? You never care for my moon children. They're made out of a virus. They've evolved. Barely. That's it. You can take your vengeance and shove it up your ass. Get out of my way! I'm leaving! Over my dead No, let her go. We don't need her. But Suspiria... It's her choice. She is a queen. After all, she can make her own decisions. Thank you. I leave you behind now to return to my loyal and loving subjects. But remember this. The moon is mine. And if any one of you ever even sets foot on it, I will send my moon children to eat the meat off your bones. Now if you'll excuse me... What... How did I get in this... Oh, Suspiria! Suspiria, you, you let me out of this cell this instant, you bitch! Harsh, but fair. We might have been able to reason with her. I don't have the patience. If you're not with us and all... What the... Hey, let me get the sound back up. What? Why? As you can see, that broadband does appear to be on the scene. Now with... Uh, yes, he appears to have sent a giant 10 to 15 foot tall broadband unit. He's taking on a number of the troops with this large robot, but appears to still be overwhelmed by the sheer number of opponents. He appears to be focusing on the giant squid armada along the shoreline as he attacks... Well, that's something you don't see every day. Unless you have a DVD player. Jesus, it's a work of art. What? What on earth are you doing? <clears throat> I'm just... Looking at the broadband unit. I noticed. You look like you're about to kiss that monitor. So that's how it is with you, is it? Hey, you shut the hell up. I'm impressed by the hardware, that's all. It's new. How can you tell? The sysops fight him all the time, but I've never seen that model before. Maybe he just didn't think he would need it, fighting pansies like you. I'll have you know he had to invent all new models to fight us a few times. Man's a genius. I can't help it if he stays ahead of the tech curve. Looks like someone has a cyber crush to me. Oh, Broadband, you're so bleeding edge. Hit me, you fool. Oh, that's it. You're dead. Huh. You think that... You think... You think you can... Dragon Drop, stop this. Who's a pansy now, huh? You want to take it back now, do ya? Not if... Not if you... Not... Dragon Drop! Put him down. Now. What? 
Oh, you made me spring a leak. Silence! I want you boys to make up. Don't make me make you. You know I can do it. Fine. Truce. Truce. Shake on it. Pretty please. Fine. Put it there. All right, my friend. We can work too. (laughs) Did you make me do that? (laughs) Sure did. He was getting on my nerves. (laughs) What is so funny? He's just... He's so stupid. (laughs) I can't believe he fell for that. It's really not that funny. I... He wasn't very bright. Oh, wait. uh, It's the gas. Nitrous oxide. That's what I'm leaking. You're leaking laughing gas? There has to be some way to vent the area or something, and I just knocked out our computer expert. Relax. I feel great. Take your mask off and indulge. I am not taking off my mask. Oh, come on. There's nothing to worry about. What's the worst that could possibly... Suspiria. Gas mask. Let's see you laugh at this, mind witch. Hey, stay right where you are, heroes, or I'll... I'll... You'll do what, little man? You think a little gust of smelly wind can stand up to Shinbi Delu, the great water snake lower? Okay, yeah. I surrender. Voodoo lady, get him in a cell. I'll free the others. <laughs> yes, sir, boss. Ooh, Suspira is all fat and ugly again. I hate it when she gets knocked out. Oh, I had sex with a sat? Thank God you came. There's an emergency, and there was no reply from the guard tower. We had to see what the trouble was. But they set an alarm on the teleporter. We flew up on the horse. Of course, of course. See that? Stumped a genius, we did. Stallion, it's not our fault. They disaster. She took us by surprise, and then she smuggled a disaster blaster on the station somehow in the confusion. We had no way of knowing. That's not important now. We've got, we've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, while you're sitting here shirking blame, the mollusk is trying to take over the country. <laughs> What's so funny? Bigger, bigger fish. The mollusk. <laughs> Come on, gang, it's serious. Jesus, look at the monitor. What the hell is that? Brain frame, brain frames. Sound up, monitor three. Water and Ocean Man appears to be standing on top of this giant pillar of water, drawing in all moisture in the greater DC area. The reflecting pools in the mall, a good portion of the Chesapeake, and more importantly, all the water sustaining the Atlantean water breathing apparatuses have been drawn up into this pillar. Uh, the Atlantean fleet, those left conscious, appear to be retreating towards the ocean as fast as they and can. And you thought this Ocean Man would be dried up without us. We need to see this. Back the remaining Atlanteans with Broadband's help while rounding up and disarming those that have... Oh my God! Uh, the pillar, the pillar of water that Ocean Man had drawn together has just fallen, suddenly dissipated and is washing the retreating troops back into the sea, but... No, there's no sign of Ocean Man anywhere. He appears to be... The man who was thrown from the Earth Guard in disgrace has now saved the nation's capital almost single-handedly and now appears to be missing, if not dead. It's not funny at all! It's terrible! 
Ridiculous! Oh, it's, uh, it's laughing gas. I sprung a leak. Guard Duty by Jordan D. White with Michael D. Mikowski as the narrator Daniel Schwartz as Dr. Fast Jordan D. White as the Jack Rich Bellin as the Stallion Angela Tymon as Peas Blossom Elijah Weberhan as Mr. Fahrenheit Devin White as Voodoo Lady Lynn Nelson as Binary Girl Daniel Schwartz as Dragon Drop Ava Rosenblatt as Suspiria Ryan LaRanger as Gas Mask Kate Slopwinski as Lady Luna and Frank Allen as the newscaster with theme song by Michael D. Mikowski. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Huh. Yeah. So why are we laughing? I, I just thought it would be funny if we all, because they were laughing in the laughing gas. and Okay. I gotcha. Hopefully everybody dug that end of that season of Guard Duty. We still got, uh, what, three more seasons to go. So now it's time to get to our listener mail, which is uh, a lot of fun. Just as a reminder to everybody, if you want to send us some listener mail, you can do so at castinwax at gmail.com. That's castinwax, one word, at gmail.com. This first one is uh, addressed to you, Frank. Uh, at least I think it is. Um, it says Hit Mansion. So that would be you, right? Oh, yeah. That's that's me from last week's episode with the uh, Emerald Close Space. Exactly. Exactly so. Uh, here's what it says. Ne'er-do-wells. Reports have reached my ears in the Skinner Sanctum of a plot to build houses where no houses ought want to be built. Preposterous. Neurotic. I, Dr. Box, Master of Escapes, Bachelor of Freedom, and Associate of Cubes, shall not rest until this Admiral Enclosed Space and Hit Mansion are placed in the hands of qualified psychiatric professionals. You have been warned. Thank you. Cheers. Dr. Box. So, uh, Frank, it looks like you're kind of attracting the attention of uh, superheroes with this evil plot of yours. Well, no, I mean, okay, Dr. Box, I don't think it's necessary for you to stop me um, because it's it's really not, it's not that bad. I mean, seriously, we're just going to put up houses where nobody wants there to be houses, of course, but then they get to pay us and, you know, uh, you see what I'm saying? Like, l- just think about it, Dr. Box, just really consider this. Think about how this works. Nice plots of land, nice view. If a house was there, it would certainly be an awesome place to live. But people don't want houses there. See what I'm saying? Um, I see what you're saying, but I don't know if Dr. Box does. He, sing, he sounds like he doesn't see what you're saying. Well, this, this next one is also to you, Frank, and it's also about that same subject. Dear Frank, I listened to your interview with Admiral Enclosed Space last week and was really impressed by your plan to build really nice houses and then charge for the privilege of tearing them down, thereby defeating Admiral Enclosed Space's nefarious plan. So, uh, wait, hold on. Uh, I just want to pause for a second. So, it sounds like this person is saying that they think that you're agreeing to his plan, but then by selling the houses to other people so that they can tear them down, you're also kind of defeating his plan. Well, no, no, no. Uh, Admiral, 
That's not that's not the deal here. I'm not trying to defeat your plan. I'd oh, is he listening to the show? Well, yeah, of course he's li he's listening to the show because because he knows that we might be talking about this. He's yeah, he's listening to the show. Well, let me let me finish the letter first. Let me finish the letter. No, we'll talk about that because this person then goes on to say. However, I got to thinking. I need a nice place to live in. It might be pretty cool if I could just live in one of the houses that you and the admiral would be building instead of just tearing it down. That way, I would have a new place to live and I would not have to pay the tearing down fee. It works out perfectly for me. Where would I have to go to collect my new house? Thanks. Edmund Forsythe. So he, I mean, he's saying he, instead of, when he would buy it from you and then not tear it down, that way the Admiral's plan would stand and the house would stand. But then they'd be happy where the house is, so he wouldn't like that. Look, can we just not talk about this? The more we talk about this, the, the, the less feasible this plan sounds. Look, it's very simple. Very nice places to live built. People don't want those houses there. No, no, no. So they pay us, then it's their house. Do as thou wilt. All right. I, I, you know, I don't know. Sounds a little sketchy. No, it isn't sketchy. No. All right. Well, I've got one more. One more letter about last week's show. It says, Hey, baby, first I want to thank you from the bottom of me heart for the opportunity to appear on your show. It was so much fun, and I'm glad it got made available on the internet. I just want to say, as an expert, that I really sympathize with the terrible situation that Mr. Rory St. John is going through. The government has a history of not respecting those of us with supernatural powers. Just look what happened to me. Say strong, Rory. So I think the rest of you should stop saying Rory did the wrong thing, because just because the court doesn't understand don't mean he was wrong. Whenever you can see more than most people, they say you are trying to defraud them. I know. Thanks, Miss Cleo. Frank, you had Miss Cleo on your show. I mean, what do you think about that? No, I, I don't know. I don't think she's really God, if that's what you're saying. Well, do you think she has psychic powers? No, I, I don't think there's such a thing as psychic powers. No, I don't either. But what I don't understand is how is she's comparing what she does, giving psychic readings, to what Rory does with his extra history. I don't understand that. Well, they're both bogus. No, no, but I mean, she's lying to people and saying that she can see the future in their tarot cards, things like that, um, which obviously isn't true, and it has to do with cold reading and psychological techniques to get people to to trust you and to, to convince them that you know things you don't. But Rory doesn't do that. Rory sees into other universes and talks about what he sees no, there. he doesn't see into anything. He makes up alternate universes and talks about nonsense. Well, no, that's true. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. But but I mean, but, I mean he's saying it's another universe. He's not, he's not trying to defraud someone. Well, uh, sure, if you want to look at it that way. No, but I'm saying he, because he believes what he's doing. And what difference does that make? What if what if Miss Cleo believes the tarot cards are real? Well, no, I mean, I'm sure she doesn't. Well, I'm sure she doesn't too, but you see what I'm saying? I mean, I guess. I don't know. I mean, we don't, we don't know what Miss Cleo believes. I mean, she might believe it's real. I just find that unlikely. I, I do believe that tarot card reading is fake. But what Rory does, you know, I don't know. It seems useful. It has morality in it. It, it teaches people a valuable lesson. I, I don't know. How can that be comparable? Whatever. Whatever. Well, we, we unfortunately have to get going. Um, Please, like I said, write into us at castandwax at gmail.com. In the background, you hear Waxwork Theme B. Very appropriate because uh, it does wane when Rory is away from us, when we are apart from him. So we do hope he gets back safe, and I hope that everything is going fine for him in jail. Um, 30 days, so, you know, I don't know, that's a couple episodes, right? I, I mean, I don't know exactly how long, but good luck, Rory, and we'll be seeing you. Baby, now it's time for you to see Baby, I am down on my bended knee Tell me, will you marry me? I am asking you, begging you, telling you, forcing you, till you accept me. Baby, it's wise that you love me, but it wanes when we're apart. Makes me cry like a baby, baby, and the only tissues I can use are your heart. But there's one thing I can cling to. 
Shows me where you're coming from There's just one thing that makes me know you love me And that's wax work Baby, it's wax that you love me But it wanes when we're apart Makes me cry like a baby, baby And the only tissues I can use are your heart But there's one thing I can cling to Tells me where you're coming from there's just one thing that makes me know you love me And that's waxwork.com That's waxwork.com On the next episode of Cast in Wax, on Decker and Hayes, Macy negotiates her release from prison. It's a little more complicated than my days back with the DA, but everything appears to be in order to me, Mace. You sign this paper, and you're granted immunity for anything you tell them about. Of course, anything bad enough, they'll just shoot me on the spot. Very funny. Not really. On Tractor Fiction, we talk to only the most qualified people on the issue of abortion. As a medical professional and not an actor, I must tell you the truth. An abortion would be one of the biggest mistakes the two of you could ever make. And on Guard Duty, the heroes deal with the loss of their former ally, Ocean Man. The guy just saved the country, and by extension, you. Doesn't that deserve a little thanks? Yeah, sure. And I'll make sure to mention it to him next time I see him. Look, the guy lied to me. To the face for years. So I'm not his biggest fan, okay? All this, plus an interview and historical information, coming September 8th to Waxwork.com.